Jazz and Chargers Unleashed, Sebastian Joseph Day, you know the vibes, we outside. You're listening to the Chargers Unleashed Podcast with your host, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Ebner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, being brought to you by BUSR Charger Bolt Family Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Oh, Dan Wolkenstein. <laughs> oh, Jake. You know, there's there's times where you feel like you see a movie like Zombieland and then the next sequel comes out 10 years later. And then you think to yourself like, my God, why couldn't they have just done that quicker? You know, why do we have to wait 10 years for that next one to come out? That's kind of what I feel like today has been, you know, I know technically it's only been to the day about 11 days, 12 days since our last show, but obviously for health reasons concerning Dan, personal reasons concerning myself, we did not get a chance to, cover what took place a short week ago in the Kansas City matchup versus the Chargers. Probably best. (laughs) Probably best in the bigger picture of things. But we're trying to get things back on track now. Dan is semi-healthy, still recovering from from COVID effects. I've been in the midst of a lot of stuff going on in my life right now. So we apologize for being absentees over the last 11 or 12 days. But we're bringing it back because week three, got a lot to talk about. Big matchup coming up between the Chargers and the Jaguars. Dan Wolkenstein, uh, I don't really have to ask you because I'm sure everybody's <laughs> going to know how you sound here in just a couple of seconds. But how are you, sir? Oh, I have been better. But look, the show must go on. Uh, I echo Jake's sentiments. Apologies for being out of office, so to speak, the last week or so. Uh, it's been quite the doozy. Uh, for both Jake's family and mine <clears throat> for different reasons. But we are here. Uh, we are past the debacle that was Kansas City, which we've talked about on social media. You've seen everyone's takes. Uh, we're on to Jacksonville, and they're coming to SoFi. It's a one-on-one squad going up against a one-on-one squad. Jacksonville is not your same old Jacksonville, if we're being honest here. Uh, they got some playmakers on both sides of the ball, and they actually have a coach that gives a damn. So it's going to be an interesting game, uh, but make no mistake about it. If Justin Herbert plays, which it seemingly is looking that way, Jake, you and I both know the Chargers are by far the better team. Now, we've seen, we've, we've, seen this, we've seen this play out, but we can say the same thing we've said over and over and over again for a decade now. Like, they got to show up on Sunday. The Chargers play the Jaguars. This is definitely kind of a, not a trap game, but coming off an emotional loss, it's it's an easy one to lose considering how much the Chargers have out in front of them. Their schedule looks nice right now. A lot of opportunity ahead, especially in the AFC West. They're going up against the Browns. They got the Texans after they play the Jaguars. So realistically, they got a good three-game stretch here to do some damage. Okay, Jake, before we go any further, uh, it might look like it. It sounds like it. I probably, uh, I feel a little bit like death, a little under the weather. uh, But liquid death, 
Yes. Friends of the show, sponsor. Dan Wolkenstein's <laughs> new nickname. Can give Dan, me this, Dan Liquid Death Wolkenstein. That just rolls right sweet, off the tongue. Give me the sweet nectar of Liquid Death, Jake. Tell our friends about him. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you noticed this, Dan, or if anybody else has noticed this, but the, you, know, you may start seeing uh, strange tall boys of beers in the bottled water section of your local Albertsons, your 7-Elevens, your Ralph's, whatever it happens to be, your local supermarket. Well, the, well, it's actually not beer. Uh, it's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And you may see some of your coworkers cracking one open at a 9 a.m. staff meeting. I personally have actually seen it. And before I knew what liquid death actually was, I actually had to bring the question up to him. Like, what are you doing? Are you, is, is it that time already? Are the manager's gone? What's going on? What's happening here? Uh, but it's, it's your most, thirst, Jake. This is right, like perfect the, timing for Halloween. Yes. The good news uh, is just it's imagine not Jake just beer. Shot gutting the heck out of this. Right. It's because uh, uh, just wait, because I will be bringing these on the show. I guarantee you. Uh, but it's good news is, is it's not beer. It's a new mountain spring water called liquid death. And why is the water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst and will infinitively, infinitely, <laughs> infinitively, <laughs> infinitely recycle tall boy cans. And they're also helping to bring death to plastic bottles. And this is also a great thing, Dan. They actually also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help to uh, assist in plastic pollution. So I'm not sure if you've had one yet, Dan, probably not. You need to get one because I clearly need one because I'm dying. You look here. like it. it. No, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, make sure to get Liquid Death at your local Whole Foods market, Ralph's, Albertsons, Vons, or Seven Eleven, whatever you got next to you. I know some people on the East Coast they have Kroger. I just was introduced to Kroger's when I went out to Tennessee not too long ago. Uh, but make sure that you find Liquid Death at your local retail near you uh, with their store lo- uh, locator tool. And use this website. Please go to liquiddeath.com slash LAFB. That's liquid.com slash LAFB. And tell them that Charters Unleashed sent you. And go get yourself a tall boy. Jake, I think I know where I'm going right after this. Cause yeah. You were just out face. earlier like today. <laughs> you, may, you maybe missed your opportunity. I'm, I know I will be picking up a case tomorrow morning. Okay. Deal. Um, you know what? Let's just be real, Jake. <clears throat> I'm going to feel infinitely more Thank you. like liquid death if the infinitely. Chargers find some way to lose this game against the Jaguars. Now, I know Justin Herbert is coming off of an injury. I know Keenan Allen is on the men's. I know JC Jackson was sore. I know Corey Lindsley had some tendonitis that he's dealing with. I know Trey Pipkins is coming back. I know Donald Parham hasn't been out in a while. He might be coming back. But, 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 but. I don't give two shits, Jake. If your team has... I'm so excited to be doing this podcast with Dan today. If your team has... He just looks in the most I-don't-give-a-shit type of mood right now. (laughs) So if this is ever a chance where we're going to just not be able to get the normal optimism that we get from Dan Wolkenstein today... If you've been waiting for that episode, today might be it. <laughs> Look, if you have Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Sebastian Joseph Day, Mike Williams, I could go on and on and on and on and on. You should win this game. Period. You should have won last week. <clears throat> this is a way they need to exercise some demons this week, Jake. Uh, you're going up against Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, James Robinson. 
Uh, Christian Kirk, who made a boatload of money in the offseason, but's actually played pretty darn well so far. He's off to a credit. good start. They got playmakers on that defense. And boy, would they love to come into L.A. and knock the Chargers off and completely just gut-wrench all of the AFC West, especially the Chargers, all of us uh, seeing this team. If they went one and two against the Jaguars, Jake, like talk about skies falling down. I know we're talking about our friends Owen two, Owen three, possibly this week with the Raiders and skies falling down in Las Vegas. It's going to be the same thing if the Chargers lose this game. Like there is, whenever you have a Chargers loss, it just it feels like the stink just sticks to you for longer. And you're just like, okay, let's just get to the next week already. And it's been really hard from the standpoint that we had a game last Thursday and we've had to wait just those, those extra three, three days just seems like it's a whole nother week, you know, especially with us not being talking football essentially for the last 11 days. It really feels like we just need to get that aroma out of here. But Dan, for all the points that you just made a couple seconds ago, does this sound like ghost of Houston Texans past to you? Because it stacks up very similarly with the situations that were taking place with Houston. A lot of players were out, obviously not necessarily all due to injury standpoints, but now you're talking about the prize possession in one Justin Herbert. I mean, all indications thus far during practice is that he's looked like his normal self. He was out there during, uh, Practice sessions today, throwing the ball, apparently was looking good, was actually throwing the ball deep. So let's Two make Keenan note of Allen. that. Yes, let's make note of that. Uh, it sounds like Keenan Allen is possibly close to a return after his unfortunate exit uh, two weeks ago in the Raider game. So you should, for the most part, especially offensively, possibly minus the offensive line, which is obviously going to be a big contributor in this, but you should have your full complement of offensive weapons this time around. And yes, honestly, let's just look 50,000 foot view here. The Jaguars lost by four to the commanders. I believe that was 28, 24 was the final score in that game. For some reason, apparently they just have the Indianapolis Colts number. It really doesn't matter who the quarterback is, but Matt Ryan just was absolutely abysmal throws for under 200 yards and throws three picks in that game. They just could not get anything going, even with a Jonathan Taylor in their offense. Uh, they were rolling. So, you know, you talk about all those things on offense. On defense, there's a couple guys that have started to make noise for them as well. So you do have to be, you know, aware of that. And you would just hope that after stewing for 10 days, after a hard loss like that, especially to a division rival, that you would just want to come out guns blazing for this upcoming game and get yourself back on the winning track. They're going to need to. Um, so let's get into it. So question for you, Jake. What scares you more? Jaguars offense, Jaguars defense? Uh, I mean, if you go off of last week, it, you know, everybody's kind of just standing there and says like, whoa, total blowout, 24 to nothing for the Jaguars. And it's this huge defensive effort. Well, I'll tell you what, dude. You know, Christian Kirk obviously has gotten off to a very good start. And for the Jaguars, their running game Ain't so bad either. James Robinson has been making a lot of noise for them. It's not always been Travis Etienne. It's been a compliment of both of those guys. And they do have some dudes that are actually familiar with the Chargers, one being Zay Jones. 
you go back to week 18 last week, he had a pretty good game against the Chargers in, in that one. Um, Evan Ingram, a lot of people are saying that he, especially just even from a fantasy perspective and, and the way that Trevor Lawrence has targeted him thus far, if we're talking about getting beat over the middle, he's an option. Marvin Jones, obviously not the biggest name when, they, when we're talking about ultimate playmakers here. Obviously, the Chargers have the better weapons if we're just comparing apples to apples here. But I don't know. That that defense, now, again, is it, which end of the telescope are you looking at? Are the Colts really that bad? I mean, let's let's not forget, they were playing without two of their top wide receivers in their game last week. Didn't have Michael Pittman, obviously with as bad as Matt Ryan looked. Jonathan Taylor couldn't save them in that game. So is it is it Indy being that bad, or has Jacksonville actually got something going here? Because, Dan, as you mentioned at the top of the show, this is an Urban Meyer coach in this team. This is Doug Peterson, a former Super Bowl uh, head coach. So he obviously has lit a fire under this team. And even though they're one and one, he's at least got them being competitive. Yeah. I mean, look, Christian Kirk's averaging almost 100 yards a game. I think he's got two touchdowns. I think uh, Travis Etienne is half the player that James Robinson is right now, at least in terms of statistics. Uh, and that defense, like, they've got a ton of guys. Um, I don't see this being a high scoring game. I really don't. I think it's, I think the only way this is a high scoring game, in my opinion, is that the Chargers blew the doors off of them. But I don't see this being like a 35 32 game. Dan, again, I look at it and just to say, <laughs> when was the last time that an ass whipping like that actually happened? I mean, it looked like it was going to happen a couple years ago against the Jets. And even the Jets made it interesting at the end of that game. I mean, it just, this is why the national media narrative and myself, Dan, and I know that Chargers fans everywhere absolutely hate this because it sounds like such a pedestrian way to analyze a football team. And that is simply Chargers blow games that they normally should win. And until they fully exercise those demons, until they make a trend of that not happening, that is the stuff that this fan base has to listen to constantly. Now, am I going to go as far as to say that you're going to see a bunch of people picking the Jacksonville Jaguars to win this game this week? No, they're not that naive. But still, there have been these cases as early as last year where you see these type of things happen. And Dan, one and one in the division, but when we're talking about the AFC West right now, I know you have Denver sitting at one and one, you have the Raiders at 0 and 2. You can't afford to give up any ground. And especially when Kansas City has some tough games coming up. I know they've got Indy this week, but you have Tampa Bay beyond that, you have Baltimore beyond that. They will have some actually pretty tough matchups that they have to go into. And if you have those opportunities where they may drop a game here or drop a game there, these are the type of games that you're going to go back on and you're going to say, what the hell happened if you don't come out of here with a W? Because you have to take advantage of these next three weeks for what you have and take advantage of this easy part of your schedule. Yeah, and, and, uh, and let's just kind of get into the, the Jaguars offense here for a second because it, it, I don't want to spoil it, but realistically the Jaguars on offense and defense statistically like are about average. 
they're kind of like middle of the road in most statistics. Not world like, beaters, yes. Not world beaters. Yeah, they're not terrible, but they're not great. Like they're 17th in the NFL in rushing. They're, I want to say, like 12th, I think it is, in, in passing uh, for the season. But like they, they have some bright spots. Their offensive line has actually been pretty good against the pass. They've only given up two sacks along with the Chargers, which is tied for second best in the NFL. Uh, they're not too bad up front. Like they, The one thing I will say is they don't really have many passing touchdowns. Like I don't think they're going to beat you through the air. They only have three touchdowns so far uh, in two games, which Chargers have double that. Um, so realistically, like they're going to try to churn the clock. They're going to try to kind of keep this away from the Chargers offense. And if they can have James Robinson and Travis Etienne churn and burn and have Trevor Lawrence protected, like that's their recipe for success. Now, is that going to be successful? You know, if you, if you think about it, like I don't think there's going to be an offensive line in the league that's going to be successful against the Los Angeles Chargers healthy. I just don't. And then you look at a team like this, you know, Christian Kirkson balling out. He hasn't gone up against a defense like this. James Robinson has been doing pretty good. Like, again, going up against a depleted Colts team and a Washington Commanders team. I I know we cover the Chargers team, but like this is a different beast. I think everyone would admit it. Um, So I think Chargers defense, if the Chargers defense just plays Chargers defense, the Chargers defense should be damn good on Sunday. It's a big if, but I, it charges defense, Jaguars offense. Like it's not even close. I know. I gotcha. I gotcha. This chargers defense ain't what it was last year. And I don't care what you say about what happened last week. Don't care if it's not in the statistic book. The chargers defense looked good last Thursday against the Kansas city chiefs. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody else says. Because holding Patrick Mahomes to under 300 yards and two touchdowns, if someone just told me that happened, (laughs) I would have said, okay, so the Chargers won the game, right? Yep. What the hell? Yeah. There's not many people that keep Patrick Mahomes to those statistics, even though somebody still believes that he, that was an MVP worthy performance. I would, I would, I would respectfully disagree. That is a pedestrian performance in the light of Patrick Mahomes, given what he does on a week-to-week Should basis. Have two effing picks. But. Right. So when you can keep one of the best to numbers like that, there should be no reason that you would allow this offense to take over this game. It's basically Zero. it's basically Christian Kirk and keeping up with the Joneses. Like, that's really what it is. You got Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Tim Jones, all receivers, <laughs> and you got Evan Ingram and James Robinson, Travis Etienne. Like, that's it. And look at those playmakers versus what the Chargers have gone up against the last two games. Like, please. Like, I'm sorry. This is the worst quarterback they've gone up against the past three weeks. Worst wide receiving core they've gone up against. The worst running back I think they've gone up against. Maybe not the worst running back. I guess you could say they probably better than Kansas City Chiefs, but, like, the Chiefs running game still damn good. So, yeah, it's... Is, is there anything else other than like these can't shit the bed? I think you need to. I think you need to get back to the type of pressure that you get got on Derek Carr in Week One. 
I know because it being Patrick Mahomes and how he can extend the plays, you didn't get home as much as you would want to in that game. Uh, you still did bring the pressure, and you got wins with Drew Tranquil, with, with Khalil Mack in that game, but you need to find a better way of bringing interior pressure. Let's see if you can win against this line with just bringing four. I would love to see that from this defensive line, honestly. Um, it would just It's, it's going to make the rest of the team, especially the secondary, better. I'm excited to see week three of Asante Samuel Jr., who, Oof. whatever you want to say about the interception, <laughs> it's been talked about enough, but Asante Samuel Jr. has looked amazing in just two short weeks of his year two young career. And when you pair that with Derwin James, when you pair that with the rest of the secondary unit, uh, the Bryce Callahan's of the world, we'll see if JC Jackson ends up playing. We were all hoping that yesterday was just a rest day for a sore calf. We'll see if that changes between now and Sunday, because it was his second day consecutively of not practicing, but you're going to make the rest of this team better when you could bring pressure like that. I like the creativity of the way that they're shooting Drew Tranquil in through the gap, taking advantage of his quickness. When you could do that, it just opens up so many different things from a defensive perspective in the type of looks that you're giving to opposing quarterbacks. So yes, from a talent perspective, and I think from a creativity from defense and the flexibility that that gives you, you should be able to take care of business. And you should be pissed off on top of everything else. Yeah, and I, I do think that's probably going to be one of the things that Brandon Staley and his coaching staff is going to try to preach. And that's probably also for the leadership too. Is like this is one of those like they want to be a dominant football team, and this is one of those weeks where you can showcase that. Yes, like you went up against two good teams the first two weeks. Like this is a team that you should dominate. So can they be a tough, rugged, physical, dominant football team? That's what we're going to find out. They should be this week. Uh, flipping the other side, Jake. I mean. It's kind of weird two weeks in, now going into third week. It, statistically, it looks eerily similar to what we've seen all last year. Chargers passing game, cruising. Chargers rushing game, not very good. Now, a part of that is because of the type of teams that they have played. But a part of that is a little alarming. Like, you do want to see more from Austin Eckler. You do want to see maybe more snaps. Joshua Kelly, who has impressed so far, uh, the Chargers rushing game needs to improve. Yes, it does. It, it, yes, it simply it does. does. And I think this is the type of team, a type of game that they can actually kind of lean on that, especially with Justin Herbert still trying to get back to healthy. However long that takes, like, wouldn't it be nice to see the Chargers rushing game go for, you know, buck 50? You know, Zion Johnson, Matt Filer have a kind of a bounce back game. Maybe Corey Lindsay can go. The Chargers offensive line was looking pretty good last week until... Corey Lindsley and Trey Pipkins went out and then Matt Filer and everyone else got the doors blown off them. It felt, um, <clears throat> but look, chargers look like they're going to be getting Keenan Allen back. Mike Williams, Donald Parham looks like he might be trending towards playing. I'm not sure. Um, Gerald Everett, you know, is looking at the chops, to try to get back into this game and kind of exercise some demons from last week, which again, just freaking unfortunate. Uh, you know Justin Herbert got that dog in him. You've seen all the memes. Uh, like the, I think the more juicy matchup though is the Chargers' offense versus this Jaguars' defense. Because like Jaguars' defense has some dudes, man. I mean Trayvon Walker, 
Who, who I, I was waiting for you to bring this up because who who's going to who's going to draw the short end of the stick between Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker on to say okay I have to go to the left side of the line <laughs> you know that Tray Trayvon Walker is going to be like bro can I go over to the right like come on man just like I'm the I'm the rook I know that you have some privilege here but can I get some reps at the right side please <laughs> yeah I mean because I mean realistically like I think that's where their t- their team is. Uh, is make or break is on the defensive line. Like if they, if Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen gets, get home, Kalen chase on as well. It's a uh, different game. It's going to turn into a different game. And that's what worries me, Dan, because it, again, much like JC Jackson, Corey Lindsley has not been practicing this week yet. Uh, it's day to day for Trey Pipkins as it stands right now. And we saw what happened, as you mentioned, when they went out last week, give credit to Steve Spagnolo because he smelled blood in the water and he changed up his defensive front and he had Chris Jones coming in on a lot of inside pressures. And yes, Matt Filer gave up five pressures and Zion Johnson gave up two. Will Clapp, to his credit, stepping in for Corey Lindsay, only gave yeah. up one pressure in that game. But what's it going to look like if you have that same type of line combination? Are you going to be able to hold your ground? From the running game perspective, Dan, yeah, absolutely. You got to be you got to get the running game going in some form or fashion. Josh, Joshua Kelly right now is your leading rusher with only five point. Uh, it's, it's above five, five yards of carry that he's averaging right now, which is great. But Austin Eckler's standpoint, averaging 37 and a half yards uh, a game, I think it's 2.7 that he's averaging per rush. Yeah. And even he has acknowledged that he's, his dismal numbers need to get better. Chargers haven't scored a rushing touchdown yet. Again, who would have thought that you'd the only – uh, scores for many of your rushers so far through the first two weeks would be Xander Horvath as far as the first touchdowns that are scored in consecutive games. I'm sure we all bet on that one <laughs> collectively and won money. No, um, but you have to get this going. And Dan, the interesting thing is, is that we're all waiting for it. I know you went out and you signed Sony Michelle, but when's I, everybody's been clamoring for when they're going to see Isaiah Spiller get a crack at this. He's been act- inactive the last two games. I know he was still coming back from from his injury, but it looked like as we were getting closer to the regular season that he was ramping up, ready to yeah. go. Um, but just as a whole, yes, the Chargers running game has to improve. If you can bring that type of balance and a little bit more flexibility to the offense, again, getting to the point where you don't have to have Justin Herbert play hero ball. Um, and I know. I love it. Everybody wants to see the ball push downfield, and you yeah. love to see Justin Herbert just uncork the cannon. But does he really the, need to? Yeah. Does he really need to? The answer is no. So I know a lot of people have been also clamoring for big changes in the scheme from Joe, from Joe Lombardi. I wouldn't expect to see that in this game, honestly, because you don't need those type of plays to beat this team. You shouldn't have to utilize some. I kind of I kind of go both I kind of go both ways on that because like a part of me is like you shouldn't need to. I'd love to see Justin Herbert get like I don't know 230 yards, two touchdowns and like, you know, just kind of coast to a victory. Of course. But also like I would love to see like a Mahomes Chiefs outing against the Cardinals 100%. Look, they if just, it's there, if it's there, by all means go for it. I mean, Brandon Staley has admitted the last two weeks that they had downfield plays written up, drawn up, tried to use them in the Raiders games, specifically to Mike Williams. They weren't able to do it because of coverage and the way that the pressure was brought on. So he, 
Herbert had to check down to his third or his fourth option at that point in time. It was similar. The good news was Mike Williams from the get got much more involved and then he uh, earlier in the Kansas City game. Again, still dominating in Kansas City is Mike Williams. Let's not forget that. Um, so he very much got in, uh, much more involved in, in week two. And now, essentially, if you're bringing Keenan Allen back, you know what that does to you from a third down perspective. The Chargers were a abysmal last week on third downs dan i think they were four for 12 on third down so i was gonna i was gonna ask you so obviously keenan allen goes great mike williams wide receiver one two right there obviously yep after those two who do you think is a guy that needs to step up the most well i mean you've seen the way that deandre carter did it when keenan allen went out in the raider game which was absolutely fantastic i know a lot of people loved seeing that Joshua Palmer. Here's what I'll say about Joshua Palmer. He needs to step up. He does need to step up. And I would like a little bit more looks that were drawn his way. But here's one of the things that I absolutely loved about if you just take it in this little ball from something that took place in the Kansas City game last week. I think we were talking mid-second quarter, and it's a key third down. And Herbert throws the ball to Joshua Palmer. And he either ran the wrong route or it literally just went off his hands. It's something that should have been caught. It would have kept or the driver line and kept going. Yes. So thankfully for the Chargers, they have, I mean, well, unfortunately they have to punt, but thankfully they're able to stop Kansas City so they get the ball back. And what does Justin Herbert do? I don't care the fact that you dropped the ball on the last drive. I'm going to give it to you two more consecutive times and it goes off for 10 yards each time. So there is... Obviously, it's been slower than we would have thought for for Joshua Palmer as it stands right now in terms of his overall statistics, targets, all that stuff. But you can already see that the confidence that Justin Herbert is not going to deter him from throwing the ball in his direction. It's what is Josh Palmer going to do when he has the ball, the ball in his hands? And yes, you'd like to see more looks. I think this is a very good opportunity for him to get these looks much better opportunity for him to get more open against this defense. Um, and I know a lot of people have been talking about certain Jalen Guyton, who has just essentially been a mystery man. Who? There it is. So I, I think you almost maybe need a collective effort that you'd like to see. Obviously, there's only one football to throw around people, but at the same time, you'd like to see one, do two, your damn three, job. four, do your and job. five be able to contribute. Yes. Um, I do little quick story. Um, friends of ours uh, went to the Kansas City game and they're able, where they were sitting, they're able to hear Justin Herbert uh, get a little vocal at times. And one of which, one of the Those times, good seats. and one of the times was two a one Josh Palmer where I believe, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but I believe he was upset with Josh Palmer for not finishing routes and not counting on Justin Herbert to be able to find him. Basically, like, quit quitting. Do you see who's throwing you the ball? Like, I'll get it to you. Don't just assume you're not going to be open kind of thing. And also, please finish your routes. You saw those two kind of off almost all game it seemed uh, in Kansas city and for how much hype that Josh Palmer rightly so was getting in the off season. 
he hasn't really done it in the regular season so far. I know it's early. It's two games. But the Chargers need to get something from someone not named DeAndre Carter, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Like it, I, I love DeAndre Carter, but he should not be your wide receiver three. He shouldn't be. And as great as that looks, like it, I think that's more of a that says more about what you're not getting from Guyton and Palmer than what it is you are getting from Carter. Because Carter could still be getting what he's getting. I mean, he's getting like what three catches for 70 yards a touchdown? Like three catches. Wide receiver three should be getting that. I'm sorry. One more thing, Dan from an offensive standpoint that I would like to see that we haven't gotten a chance to see through these two first two weeks. You would hope that there would be somewhat of a feeling of redemption for Gerald Everett in this game. A lot of people have pointed to him, especially from a fantasy perspective, that this may be something to target given what the Jaguars defense gives up from a tight end perspective. I have him on my fantasy team, by the way. There so it is. Like- but Dan, a certain person we haven't seen yet in the regular season being one Mr. Donald Parham. Please. Oh my gosh. If we can just go back a couple months to training camp and what we were seeing in the red zone with these two individuals, this is a whole nother element that this offense obviously has been missing and don't get it twisted. Donald Parham from a blocking standpoint, I think is more of his very underrated and under recognized traits that he has other than his freakishly athletic ability. But Dan, I would love to see what this is going to look like when you insert Donald Parham back into this offense. Yeah. I mean, I'm just imagining like either Donald Parham or Gerald Everett going against uh, Rashawn Jenkins on defense. Like, and it feels like we said, we talked about this every week. Anytime you go up against former Chargers, they always seem like ball out against. The I mean, he did. What was it? I think he, he did was he, one of the recipients of those yeah. interceptions for Matt Ryan last week. Yes. Yep, and I think he also had an interception on the Chargers last year, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. Someone check me on that. Um, but again, Chargers offense, Jaguars defense. Like, Jaguars defense has some guys. Sure. No, no one there scares me more than anybody that the Chargers have faced the last two weeks. Sorry. Agreed? I, I'm with you. Okay, so not not poo pooing. No, no. Again, I'm not saying they're bad at all. Comparing the talent, yes, yes. But as Brandon Staley likes to said, to say this is not a talented football team. He doesn't like the word. Find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. (laughs) We will find out. Let me say that again, Uh, Jake. All right. So, bold predictions. Keys of the game. Which would you like? Hold me on. Uh, you know, you'd love to be able to say that this would be a game where Justin Herbert would just go nuclear, but you just really don't know what to expect given his, his injury right now. I will say this before I make a bold prediction and final score predictions and whatnot. You saw how emotional Brandon Staley was in that press conference right after the Kansas City game. Yes, I, He obviously has come out and he has said that he has felt guilt about it, especially if we just highlight the the hurry-up play on the goal line where he should, should have brought Gerald Everett out. He said he will learn from that mistake. But in talking about Justin Herbert, 
you can tell that this is a coach that cares so much about his players, specifically his quarterback. If there was anything that could add any more motivation to this team, you look at what number 10 is doing right now and what he's capable of doing in a game while suffering an injury, and obviously this is going to affect him for the many weeks moving forward. If there is a lightning rod, no pun intended, that you could rally against week in and week out, look at your quarterback. Look at your quarterback and rally for him. That is what I would hope would be the message that I'm sure Brandon Staley is saying, that I'm sure Derwin James is saying, that I'm sure a lot of other guys in that locker room are saying. So, bold prediction. I don't know what Justin Herbert's going to do. I would love to say that he's going to take some pain meds. He's going to wear a flak jacket. Again, hopefully not take any extra punishment. Like, that liquid death. Further. Yeah, consumed. liquid death. Um, hopefully nothing happens to what where that further uh, aggravates his current injury that he has right now. But something tells me this is still going to be a four-touchdown game for Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. All over sports center. But you know days. what? It's become more commonplace that that happens. Three to four touchdowns a week for Justin Herbert. So I'm not going to go that route. You know what I'm going to do, Dan? I'm going to flip the script and I will be bold. The Chargers running game. Oh, you're taking mine. Sorry. The Chargers running game will get going. And Austin Eckler specifically will have over 100 yards rushing. Oh, okay. I was going to go rushing, but I think I, I, I'll let you take that one. Uh, you have Xander Horvath with another touchdown in this game, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> uh, I think this is going to be, you kind of alluded to earlier, this is going to be a tight end heaven, haven between Everett and Parham. I think you're going to see, ooh, I think you're going to see 100 yards combined and two touchdowns from the Chargers tight ends. Um, final score. It's against my nature, Dan, to pick anything that's even relatively close to a blowout. You look like you're going to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. I'll have some liquid death after I puke. Uh, I'll say that this is a 10 point win for the chargers. 31, 21. Mm. I don't see the Jaguars putting up 21 points. I just don't. Um, I think it's going to be like, I don't know, seven. I think it's like 13, 13 to 27 chargers is my guess. Okay. Uh, I'm tired. (laughs) I feel like liquid death. (laughs) Go get yourself in the morning. Go get yourself an uh, acai bowl. I'm proud of you for pronouncing that correctly. Thank you, because I know my pronunciation (laughs) on this show with things like that, things like infinitely, things like with other players' names has not been the best. I promise I will do better. Uh, But go get yourself one of those and stop at your local 7-Eleven and grab yourself a case of liquid death because... You need it, sir. Get yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Get yourself Thank on you. the mend. <laughs> look, uh, I mean, yeah, I could have just been blatant and just said, "Bro, you look like shit." You know. <laughs> yes. Thank you. But that's why I'm here. Um, that would, but then that. Well, no, that would be on brand for you. That would be pretty pessimistic. Look, uh, guys, gals, thank you, guys. Uh, apologies again. 
uh, for us being out. Life happens, uh, and we're still dealing with it. But look, uh, we appreciate all the support, guys, every girls, every, everyone reaching out to us uh, the last week has been really, really cool to see. Thank you, guys. Uh, for Jake Hefner and seemingly a palm tree or pineapple on his shirt, you can find him at Jake T. Hefner. Myself, it's a palm tree, in case you're wondering, yes, and my liquid tree. death look, you can find at Dan W. Sports. Uh, again, if you have any questions, feel free to text Unleashed to 31032 or give a call 323-374-5651. We actually have some hotline calls that we'll be able to get to on the next episode, Jake. Uh, but until then, thank you so much for tuning in. We're back. Hopefully we'll have even more energy next time. But until uh, I then, guarantee it. I guarantee it. That's fair. That's Dan Wolkenstein brings the energy to this show. There's no doubt about that. It just doesn't feel the same when <laughs> he is, today. you know, just sitting at six o'clock virtually <laughs> all freaking day. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, gals, let's enjoy Sunday. Hopefully Chargers can come back, make a statement win, statement victory against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, hopefully lots of fans show out to this game too. Um, Chargers need it. We are there for him. For Jake Hefner, Dan Wilkinson, LAFB, Chargers Unleashed. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next time on Chargers Unleashed.